It's bad. Anime. Hello, everybody. My name is John. And I'm a, a little fishy in the sea. Yes, you are, little fishy. Dance for me. <laughs> Can fishes dance? I mean, I think this one does. Kind of. Uh, she just she does kinda, a lot of things. Yeah, she's magic, and then she's like kind of a lizard at some point. Um, okay, we should say why we chose Ponyo. We and this not. is bad anime. The show we decide. Is, is this, this anime, anime bad? bad? Today, Robert, we are talking about the Miyazaki movie from 2008 or 9. I don't fucking remember. Ponyo. 8 was the Japanese release. 9 would have been the American release, which makes a lot of sense for us. And maybe some feelings going into this bouncy. Because here's what's going on, right, everybody? Yeah, okay, okay. Tell bouncy them what's and going I, on. Bouncy and Tell I were them. saying, like, hey, we could... Let's, let's go back to Ghibli, because all we did so far was Princess Mononoke. And, you know, I know nothing about Ghibli, essentially. And yes. Bouncy's like, man, maybe we could just pick a film that interests us the most. And I'm like, mm, that's a good idea, but not in the spirit of the show we're doing. So let's pick something that interests us the least. And, you know, that that honestly, it made you completely correct. And <laughs> I, I can't believe I didn't see it before then. I can't ima- I can't believe that I suggested something. Let's watch something that we want to the most. Yeah. I can't believe I did that. How, how dare I, honestly? But the thing is, well, no, you used the logic for three episode rules. Like yes, that's that's yes. what we do for that uh, sub right. program within our general uh, program. Con- yeah, program here. So naturally, I thought back like, hmm, what anime annoyed me before I even saw it? And a 2009 release makes sense for us because we would have been 14, 15 around that time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And even though we were transitioning out of like uh, children's media, we still would have seen marketing for it or heard it in the, po- in the popular zeitgeist. Yep. And I, re- I remember the ads for Ponyo being everywhere. I remember them being everywhere, and yes. I remember them being very annoying uh, yes. to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, that I'm definitely not going to watch that. And I didn't until like last week. Until we said, you know what? This is a show called Bad Anime. I've never heard anyone say anything about Ponyo because, as we as we can tell, this is meant for very little children. It, it very much is, and the, the ratings. I would I will say I kind of looked up. I didn't really read a synopsis or anything because I was just curious. I always just thought, I didn't even know what it was really about. I just yeah always remember the cover of like the words Ponyo, and it looked like a little girl like in the water or something. I saw. I actually remembered a few frames of animation that they played the fuck out of in the trailers. Oh and really? So, so when I saw them here, I'm like, huh, I recognize that. Yeah. Although, like, the ratings for this movie have been quite well-received, I imagine because of the uh, childhood nature of the marketing and of the movie itself. Well, the thing is, though, how many people just saw Ghibli and said, well, I can't call a Ghibli film bad, so I'm not going to? I guess. I mean, this kind of goes between in that, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. You're like, I I, I will. This kind of like occupies a weird territory in Ghibli films, though, because it has it has all the things that make Ghibli films very like magical and good, as well as like visuals. Well, um, good is obje- a subjective, subjective term. Yes, here. yes, but 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 in terms of just like lining up with other ones, like you know, Spirited Away, or yeah. you know, Princess Mononoke, or it's a little more geared towards children. Very oh, like this is made for small children. Like I was surprised when it's we watched G-rated. Princess Mononoke. When we watched Princess Mononoke, I was so surprised at how kind of like a lot of blood there was. I was like, oh yes. wow, okay, I didn't yeah. know they they really did that, huh? Okay, interesting. And this one, of course, had fish. And one, the weird thing is, there was a little plot point with like Ponyo, our cute little fish girl, tasting human blood. 
And I'm yeah. Like, yeah, that was interesting. There was a couple weird moments here where the film got, like, adult for a split second when, like, our main our main character, Shosuke's mom, gets frustrated. Her husband isn't coming home from the dock, so she grabs a beer out of the fridge. I'm yeah. like, huh, we're just not going to address that, are we, movie? We're just going to move on and pretend this didn't happen. I think that I think that always happened for maybe, like, two seconds, and the film realized what it was. And then and it was it, like, it, oh, it, never mind. It kind of it almost felt like a, like a fumble and them going, oh, shit, we're meant for kids. But the funny part about all those is that right. those specific moments, like the like Ponyo sucking blood out of Sosuke and yeah. also the uh, the mom like having a beer because her husband isn't coming home. Those two <laughs> moments could have made far more interesting of a movie to me than they yes. ended up making, well, which, exactly. which is interesting uh, because they really they did manage to, with a few blips there, keep that kind of childish tone throughout right. the entire movie essentially it's very um, evident that this was made for japanese children because again like uh, japanese children are like children's media in japan i should say are just not nearly as afraid of certain subject matters like we are in the west when especially when it comes to death and mm-hmm. acknowledging more adult things you, you don't right. have to dive into them but it's like hey these are these are things we see adults do those are usually more prevalent in media right it's right. very telling of course that kids can look at the sapporo logo and know exactly what that is that's a little <laughs> frightening maybe i don't not sure then again, as an American, I know what Bud Light looked like when I was a kid. So yeah, I, I mean, Bud Light commercials are everywhere. You see them when you're a exactly. Kid. Yeah. Yep. I still see Bud Light. I still drink Bud Light. I know you do. Oh, isn't that crazy? How now that's actually a political stance? I'm like, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, guys. It's pee water. Can we? Like, well, can we not thing. communicate over this that way? Well, that's oh, the thing. I, honestly, I, that's probably has that died yet? Because I think it hasn't. I think it has. I at least I has haven't it? seen. I haven't seen. As much, uh, I'm like, I, I'm very internet all the time, and I even haven't really seen much about it since, like, the whole uh, quote-unquote well, controversy I, I, last year. I never saw it on the internet. I saw it in public. Oh, really? Yeah. No, at, like, it, at, like, bars and stuff? Yeah. Oh. Huh. Weird. Yeah, places where you see exclusively Bud Light, you didn't anymore. And I'm just like, okay, I mean... Granted, the world, I live in Long Island, New York, so it's a very up and down. Like, it's red and blue depending on, like, which part of a county you're in, not even the mm. county. Yep. And I'm just like, I really wish this wasn't a political thing now. It's it's a not, it's a not good beer. <laughs> Better than some of the stuff that I drink. End of but sentence. Still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just a – it's just a low – it's one of the lowest wrong beers there is. I mean, I drink natural light, so I can't, I can't insult Bud Light that much. But you've made your decision. Well, you I mean, have just, your choice. Well, the thing is, why waste money on, like, on like if you're going to buy low-tier beer, buy low-tier beer. If you're going to go high with your beer, highbrow, go highbrow. Don't go somewhere in the middle. Yeah, yeah buy a pa- nice beer. Ponyo's a fish. <laughs> Ponyo <laughs> is a fish, except for when she's not a fish. Except for when she tastes, tastes human blood and then wants to be human. You and see, then takes on human elements, but also is a frog somewhere in the middle? She's a frog in the middle, um, you know. This is like theory, a this is like a very uh, very complex theory of evolution, riddle. baby. Yeah, honestly, it's like a very complex riddle. Like, oh, what what is a a fish in water, a human outside of water, and a frog in between? Do you remember when I used to ask you guys riddles all the time? Because I was I got very back into sixties Batman, and then yes, after a while, you guys would just say butt hair. What? Yeah, but you mean ball, ball hair? hair? Ball, ball hair. hair. Yeah, yeah. Th- I believe the riddle for that was, uh, "What does no man want to have, but no man wants to lose?" Yeah, ball hair. I mean, it's a great, it's a great answer. Yeah, the, I don't the, even remember what the actual answer was. Well, the answer was very dependent on the context of that episode of Batman, and the answer was lawsuit. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I remember it being something more like, you know, uh, ball admi hair. administrative instead of ball <laughs> hair, but we made it ball hair and I remember it as ball hair. Well, that's the thing. It's like when, when, a, when a reel is that vague, the answer could really be anything. So Sosuke, uh, <laughs> so, so Sosuke is a five-year-old dude. Sosuke is a five-year-old and he finds this fish. Uh, her With name like a is human face. Yeah, and he names and her there's Ponyo. A weird, there's a weird underwater, um, like Atlanta sort of thing. Wizard doctor with area. the worst casting I've ever heard. Oh my God, Liam Neeson plays the wizard doctor uh, Fujimoto. I believe his name was. I mean, uh, it didn't fit the character even remotely. Not at all. But <laughs> my God, was this voice cast fascinating for the English dub? Well, the English dub actually had, like, if you read the list of talent here, it was phenomenal. This was mm -hmm. 09 when it came out here in the States. Yep. And I, I heard a lot of them immediately. Um, I did, it took me a couple seconds to realize that Shosuke's mom was Tina Fey. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. cool. Shosuke himself is, like, the fourth Jonas brother, the youngest one. Frankie Jonas. Frankie Jonas. Is a, and I, I'm sorry, Frankie. I didn't know you existed beforehand. It would really suck if Frankie listened to this. It's very funny that, like, the main characters are the less famous sibling of very famous people. Yeah, and the other one is a Noah Cyrus. Yeah, Miley's yeah, Miley Cyrus's sister. Like, how voice is Podio? And this but I really—I'll tell you what I really enjoy about this. If you okay. Google the Ponyo voice cast, you will get all of these insane star names in America, and yes. it's like it's Liam Neeson, Noah Cyrus, Matt Damon, Clay, Kate Blanchett, Tina Fey, Betty White, Frankie Jonas, uh, Cloris Leachman's in there. All the yes, yes, and all these like very famous famous people, and then you scroll down to see the Japanese voice cast, and they're just very much Japanese children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ponyo is voiced by Noah Cyrus, but in the Japanese version, Ponyo is voiced by Yuria Nara, who is legitimately looks like an eight year old girl. Yes. So, so there are there are some big dichotomies here. I think you know what this was. It was probably like a big play to get a lot of viewership for this movie in the states. Oh, I'm sure. Casting, yeah. I'm sure it worked because they marketed it like crazy. But the voice cast was. It, it really went off here. But I wouldn't say the the voices were that good. But the the star <laughs> power was really great. Well, think about it. Like, cause it was Disney was handling the distribution here in the West, so they're like, "Oh, we saved so much money by actually not having to make the movie. Let's yeah. spend a ton of money on marketing and a ton of money on the casting." Let's get a which great is cast. genius. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is genius here. But like you said, some of the voices were literally just the voices. Betty White voiced one of the elderly women in like the in like the nursing home that fucking yeah. uh, Shosuke's mom works at for some yep. reason. Yeah, and that was nice to hear. Cloris Leachman is one of them too. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? You could have saved the money. Yeah, that that was very interesting. But they they really blew out the cast. But it, in you know, terms was really of, interesting, bouncy. What was? How like nothing happened for like the first hour of the movie. Nothing happened. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely not. I was just gonna get to the plot because, you, right in the beginning of the movie, Sosuke. Like, you kind of have an idea of, like, what Sosuke's life is. Sosuke and his yeah. mom live in this house. Their dad is, like, a ship guy, like a captain. Yeah. And he's off, like, sailing all the time. Yeah. And they're together. And it's just kind of like, at least for what I would say the first hour of the movie is, it's just, like, the straight up as exposition as exposition could possibly get for as long as you could make it. Yeah, no, exactly. This, um, this particular one, um, this particular film more so than anything maybe we've ever covered reminded me a lot of what i've talked about before on the show where like the japanese story structure or, or mm -hmm. like you know there's more traditional three-act japanese play which is uh i forget the actual japanese words but the translation is slow rapid end 
Ah, uh, okay. And this movie is literally a case study. Like this, yeah. Like this is like this is a, this is what you would put in a textbook for Japanese storytelling because yep. it was mm-hmm. it couldn't be more of that the first hour. Because mm-hmm. like like you said, we know Shosuke's life. You know, dad's at sea. You, again, if this was a more interesting film, they would have made a lot of jokes about that. And they would have. They could have been like some very interesting uh, play on words, you know, mm-hmm. innuendo stuff like that there. But no, Tina, ma, his Tina Fey mom is just sad. Tina Fey. Also, the mom is sorry. The dad is Matt Damon, which is yeah. Uh, he, he had like seven lines. He didn't have any lines at all. But they were like, Matt Damon, well, do you want well, like twenty thousand dollars for he, like he did one have hour? Some lines, but they were just like clearly just Matt Damon like showed up. He that sounded like he almost phoned them in. I mean, the audio <laughs> well, quality I'm sure wasn't that bad. Well, I'm sure he did. I'm yeah. sure he did. I'm sure they were just like, hey, Matt Damon, can you, like, come into the studio and say these things for $100,000? And he was probably like, yeah, whatever. And then I'm sure midway through delivering the lines, he was like, wait, what movie is this for? So <laughs> <laughs> it sounds very much just like, a, oh, he just did it. And that's yeah. that's what all the voices were to me, pretty much. Uh, I mean, none of them were particularly inspired. Um, like I said, Liam Neeson sounded as good as he could, but this character did not need that voice. Yeah, no, it did not. And the, the whole story part of this where there were a couple things that maybe I didn't understand about this story, to be honest. Really? Um, yes. And I was surprised by that because it's it's for children. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I I followed it. It, it wasn't much of a story here, but I found and I found it pretty well. I mean, it was a weird kind of because you have that entire like underwater kingdom that like yes. the uh, Mr. Uh, Liam Neeson, um, yeah, Fujimoto. Just call him Liam Le- Neeson. I'll call him Liam Neeson. Call Liam him Neeson Leslie has Nielsen because that's funny. Leslie Nielsen, yeah, Leslie Nielsen has a gigantic <laughs> uh, a, a underwater aquatic kingdom of fish and science experiments, and he is somehow married to the spirit of the ocean, who's just a big woman uh it, it's it's basically what zero two morphed into at the end of darling and the franks but an exactly aquatic version. yeah exactly aquatic waifu <laughs> yeah aquatic aquatic waifu exactly yes 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 and they're together and i'm she's kind of like the mother nature factor in this scenario but they're together mm-hmm. right okay so he's trying to like get ponyo back because sosuke finds ponyo and like is with Ponyo and like teaches her like all about humanity, not yeah. really, but like through his actions, I guess. And she wants to be a human to be with Sosuke because he's really nice to her. Because yeah. nobody ever has been nice to her because she's a fish. Uh, well, the but, thing is, like, she's just enthralled by this new world she found. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And she wants to be a part of it. She wants to be a human and she can speak, which Sosuke finds out a little later than I would have thought. Uh, but like, <laughs> she could speak. And they, they're, like, hanging out, and then she gets taken back to the underwater. And then, like, this guy, this Liam Neeson, Leslie Nielsen guy, yeah. is doing all of these, <laughs> uh, like, science experiments. And, like, try, like I'm not yeah. sure exactly what he's trying to do, but he's trying to, like, I don't know, like, make fish fishier. And uh, that was really lost on me. I was like, what is he even doing down there? Is he experimenting on things? Like, is it, like, uh, is it, uh, like, a, he, he doesn't want... Uh, like ships to keep polluting the water, which makes sense. But other yeah, no, than the, that, there's a, like, a whole environmental thing. His whole goal, he, you know, the thing he said 45 times is all about maintaining balance. Oh yeah, right. You know, it's maintaining balance in the world, whatever that means. So, it, I think if I if I had any assumption, some of it's tied to Japanese folklore. There was the one throwaway line that um, one of the women, maybe the Cloris which one voiced by Cloris Legion. I didn't remember who mm. voices a particular character, but the one skeptical older woman character. Who mentioned something about like taking a, wa- a fish out of water for too long will cause a tsunami. Mm-hmm. So, and that sounds super Japanese to me. 
based oh, on like a like a very butterfly effect kind of thing exactly yeah so i assume it had something to do with that because what happened is ponyo got out of water for too long however she should have uh stayed in the water so now the moon is getting closer to earth so very close so, so that's what liam neeson's freaking out about we don't learn this until like an hour and 10 minutes into the movie yeah no no so liam neeson's freaking out like oh no the balance and it's all about like maintaining balance of the world and then like the as the movie goes on the whole thing's just about like if Ponyo and Shosuke love each other for real, then she will turn human and then balance will maintain in the world because she's no longer a fish. And yeah, and like, like, you know, and nobody brought their giant soldier of stone card to destroy the moon. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was a complete oversight. That was a complete oversight. Well, so the thing is, if this was made for children like five years older than the target audience, we would have gotten that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes, but uh, the entire second half of the movie, as you said, is based around Ponyo being out of the water, a fish out of water, and yeah, the literal, to, <laughs> yeah, literally, literally a fish out of water story, trying to pursue human life. Um, and everybody that she meets is kind of like like Sosuke, like finds her and like she's now a human, and he's like, oh, that's weird, but whatever. And his mom is like, oh, that's yeah. weird. Come in for dinner, whatever. Um, so yeah. they're they're all kind of like very much accepting this, which I didn't mind, but it, as it goes. She just, like, you notice that the world around them is kind of, like... Rising. Dying, or, like, yeah. the, the sea is, like, rising because, like, mm -hmm. there's an imbalance in the equilibrium, which is, I'm sure, yes. what Liam Neeson and Leslie Nielsen wanted to fix. Exactly. Um, but then there is a weird part to all this, and I think the part that I didn't get, the disconnect for me. Okay. So, at near the end, when uh, Ponyo's like, oh, I want to stay with Sosuke, and Sosuke's like, oh, yeah, I love Ponyo and stuff. Like, let's hang out. Let's be friends forever. Yeah. And Liam Neeson gets Ponyo back, and then he's, like, trying to, like, do some nefarious stuff to Sosuke, but it's unclear, but he just wants Sosuke to come back with him into the ocean, and Sosuke's so it wasn't like... Really, it wasn't, wasn't really nefarious, he just wanted him back in the ocean. I and guess. The, the old woman interpreted it as nefarious. As the, yes, they, they thought it was, but I guess it wasn't. No. Uh, and then he took him down, and he was like, okay, now... You have a big test, my my little Sosuke. You have a big, big test to see if Ponyo could be a human and everything could go back to normal. And he's like, yeah, okay. And the whole test is, do you love Ponyo? And he's yeah. like, yeah. That was the end of the movie. That was the, there was no, like, I, in my in my mind, there was very little climax at the end of there. Or maybe well, like I'm missing something. Like I said, this, this, this is a very a typical Japanese story structure where the, once the movie is over, it's over. Yeah, it just, it just fucking well, no. ended well, well no here's the thing because the ending made me laugh hysterically because the whole thing was like all right once ponyo's back up because they put ponyo in a little bubble yep you know very sandy cheek spongebob type thing yeah mm -hmm. and they're like all right once you're back on the surface kiss the bubble and she's human again and like it's supposed to be a cute thing he he fumbles her uh he she falls on her, his mouth and then she pops out of the bubble and turns into a human that scene i i remember a lot from the trailers mm -hmm. that scene happened and then we get the Looney Tunes style zoom in circle thing where the rest of the screen goes black on their faces. Yeah. And then the movie just hard cuts to a choir of children singing Ponyo, Ponyo, Little Fishy in the Sea. And I wanted to murder the film. Ponyo, Ponyo, Little Fishy in the Sea. Miyazaki, what have you done to, to me? me? Exactly. And I'm just like, that song just started driving me nuts. The and song is I, it is just ear rattling. <laughs> well, no, it's a, it's a song clearly meant for little children. It was yes, very, of course. Very similar to the Ultraman theme in that regard. You know, mm -hmm. a choir of children 
in this case, dubbing over the, the original Japanese, much like they did in Ultraman in the, the mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. So it struck that like it struck me right away when they started doing that. I'm like, okay, I now know why no one's talked about this movie who's my age, because this was not meant for people my age. Yes, that's right. It was not meant for people our age. Um, and I feel like we've kind of gone through the whole thing, but what are your what are your thoughts on it? Is it bad? Um, honestly, yeah. Oh, okay. As as far as children's media go, there's not a lot here. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing is the biggest sin any children's media can create is when it feels like a film is just dangling keys in front of a children for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. All, and it was kind of cheap. It was a bunch of like, it looked, uh, I will say, Shosuke's house, for example, it just looked like someone who was really good at drawing with colored pencils did 80% of the backgrounds for the, for the movie. There was very little animation besides the main characters, and mm-hmm. it wasn't that good, the animation itself here. Mm-hmm. It, maybe they knew this was meant for young children and didn't feel like spending a ton of money. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they just knew, they, they were like, all right, just make it cute. Don't worry too much about anything. Just go. Because even because like a lot of other animated properties I've seen, like this, you know, the landscape around it, whether it's forest, city, some other thing, feels alive. There are little moving parts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't feel so static and dead. <laughs> I think that the animation to me, it was bad in parts. But in my perspective, anything with water was very well done. The water stuff looked good. It looked I- incredible. Like when the water would at times like turn into fish and go back into water and stuff. I thought that shit was incredible. I was like, this is amazing. But like as what you said yeah. with like some of the backgrounds, it-, it was, you know, not a whole lot going on there. It was cool the first time they did it, but by the seventh or eighth time, I was just so bored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just so, you know, you have one great trick, sure, but it felt like a one-trick pony animation-wise. You know, they only cared about the water. Yeah, no, the, and the water, they did very well. Like, anywhere it, it came up, they did it well. Like, when Ponyo was, like, running on waves, yeah. uh, when there was, like, a big, like, tsunami situation, I thought that was, like, really well done. I actually was like, oh, wow, wow. I did say wow out loud. It was very nicely done, uh, but... As as we said multiple times on this podcast, uh, I'm definitely more of a plot guy, and <laughs> yes, nothing was sensational about it uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think I can call it bad, though. I don't mm. know. I I think maybe I'm just because there's much better children's movies out there, and of yes. course, like I'm not a child, so maybe I can't like experience it to the fullest extent. But something you said did resonate with me about it being just a distraction for a it's, few hours, yeah, exactly. and it's not like you don't really, I, I, at least for me, I don't think a child would get a lot out of this. You know, there no, wouldn't be there'd be the there, there, uh, there's there like a vague very... message that you can get if you read into it enough about like the environment, but I, I mean. What else really is there about it? Like, there's really nothing. You could show a kid Fern Gully instead and get the and get a better impact. Right. There's nothing yeah. compelling. Like, I don't know if I was to compare this against other some other children's movies. I swear, if I like rewatched The Lion King right now, I would say it's probably much better than this. Oh, a million. Percent so why don't I? Why, I mean, I should maybe do that because there's actual dialogue and stuff that yes. matters in Lion King. There's a story. There's this a story. Is, but this, but this was made for children younger than that. This feels like it was made for fucking preschool kids. Yeah, yeah. Like just throw it on and just like brain drain for an hour and a half. I mean, it's not Teletubbies level, but it's not far off. Right, and it's not. It's 
It's definitely, I will say, out of the few Miyazaki movies that I have seen, it was a chore to get through and was my least favorite that I've seen. Even like, I liked Princess Mononoke better, uh, shockingly, and I wasn't not really high shock- on that one either. Well, not even shockingly. I mean, Princess Mononoke actually was, you know, had stuff and a plot it had stuff and going dialogue on. and characters. Yes. This one did just did not. And yeah, it, it, it kind of did feel phoned in on that way. But I mean, yeah. to me, some of the animation was pretty incredible. So I, I, I mean, I... Visually, it's it was compelling at times. Plot was not compelling. Um, I'm not sure if I can like. There were so many. There was only a few scenes that looked good. I thought there were more than that, but at least I thought like at least any time there was a use of flooding or anything like that, I thought it looked great. Uh, But to your point, a lot of stuff in between did didn't exactly you could kind of tell it was just like oh whatever put this in and that's what took me out of it so much it felt so phoned in and whatever and i'm just like guys i get it you have your cool stuff you have your high spots in there but you got to put stuff in between and i want to mention too the way that you and i both consume this is uh that we both at least in our phone call yesterday we we talked about this yeah we both at one point about halfway through stopped went to do something else and then came back to it later (laughs) yes my original plan was to do this after dinner but i put it off until i was going to bed so i got through the first hour and said i can go to bed now yeah yeah and i put my laptop down went to bed then i opened my laptop and finished it the next like 30 40 minutes whatever it was yep this morning as i'm just waking up and i'm like (sighs) you see i thought the kind of um spacey dreamlike quality of just waking up would help me lock into that childhood uh kind of sensation <laughs> or feeling kind of the absence of societal context in the world around me but no nope. i was just cranky and matter <laughs> yeah just and i watched the first 45 minutes at home and then i i just remember just saying i can't do this right now and then i cl- i was actually falling asleep and then i closed it yeah. and then i left to do something else and then two days later i came back and i was like oh yeah i should finish that and then i finished it so yeah, I mean, it's, especially the first hour was my god, so sleepy. It took a while to get through, and then and then there was no payoff in my perspective. There was no, like, there was no climactic end. It just well, kind of it just flopped, stopped. and then it yeah. was over. And then yeah. she's a human, and that's whatever. I will. I would like to highlight um, my my favorite line in this movie, though, before we leave. Um, yeah, this one was a good line. Sosuke is at school and this girl comes up to him and says, Sosuke, what are you doing? And Sosuke is like, I can't do anything right now. I'm really busy. And she says, you're not busy. You're, you're five. five. And that was fantastic. There was, was also a- another one. Um, uh, okay. When Sosuke is at the old folks home mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, uh, yeah, my wound healed. The ponyo licked it and it's all better. One of the old ladies says... I'd let a fish lick me if it'd get me out of this wheelchair. I forgot about that line, but I do remember that now that you mentioned it. <laughs> so funny. So there were, like, very, once again, very again, few nuggets little, of positives about this. Yeah, but there's it, little snippets, like... That it actually has personality, but o- o- the overarching aspects of it are not good and yeah, not two, a good time. Two lines of dialogue, two moments where the film got edgy for no reason. Yeah. Um, and a couple of good shots of animation. Yeah. That's all that's that, all this film had. Over that's it. Out, an hour and 40 minutes. It was an outline. It was not a film. No. And uh 
I think I've kind of talked myself into saying it's it's bad, honestly. It, we, <laughs> I, think, I, mean, I think you did too because <laughs> I was like, it's not that bad, but like you know, like other than the weird animation at times, other than the like you know, not yeah. lack of a story, other than the fact of being boring, <laughs> other than that, like it's really not that. No, it's bad. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the, it's it's pretty. The bad. fact that the fact you would just stop and finish it two days later. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fact that I was very much drifting to sleep. Even girlfriend, girlfriend didn't make me fall asleep. Yeah, that, that one just aggravated us. It's bad. That's right, everybody. The fun is over today. Thanks so much for clicking on the episode. But the fun does not have to stop here. You can hit us up anywhere that you can find us on Instagram or TikTok at BadAnimePod. Or you can even email us to get in touch with us directly at BadAnimePod at gmail.com. If you got any opinions or you just want to send some hate mail or love mail, we'll take both. We don't care. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and have a great day. Simple Equations Podcast Network.